You are listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Hey, this is Tim Shamrock, world's most dangerous man, and they call me the Godfather. You're listening to Down the Aisles. Good day, good night, and welcome to Down the Aisle Radio, live on SBN Radio. I am Kevin Laramay, and thanks for listening to this Extreme Rules pay-per-view, because, yeah, already, it's already time for a new pay-per-view. It's been like three weeks, and bam, you got another special in your face, Extreme Rules this time. It's about to go to the extreme. Basically, rematch galore of payback. So, no, it's not payback. It's Extreme Rules. Uh, but this pay-per-view card, this main special event on the WWE Network is literally filled with gimmick matches. And that's the once a year where we have the special gimmick matches all across the board in WWE. It's it's this time around. So, a lot of great matches this year, a lot of rematch from Payback, a lot of different kind of matches, and a couple of matches that were thrown together at the last minute, and maybe even one that's not even announced yet, that probably will find maybe its way to the pay-per-view if time needs to be filled. Lines are open, by the way. It's a live show. Open lines for you wrestling fans out there. You want to give your predictions for Extreme Rules 2016. Give us a call right now. Reserve your spot. 802-375-7445. Studio line. If you're on Skype and you would like to give us a Skype toll-free all across the world, look for Off the Woodworks. That's O-F-F-T-H-E-W-O-O-D-W-O-R-K-X. Off the Woodworks. Complicated. Uh, Just give us a call. 802-375-7445. 802-375-7445. By the way, my name is Kevin Lagame, uh, managing editor of the Sports Podcasting Network, where you can find all your favorite sports shows, including Down the Owl Radio, where you will find once a month or every three weeks, per se, uh, the preview for the uh, WWE pay-per-view, and as well as a post-live post-game show that you can listen to Sunday. After the pay-per-view, 11.30 p.m. on SBN Radio, Sunday night, live after show for WWE Extreme Rules. Now, let's go back to the card. Let's go with the kickoff show. A feud that's been basically built for the, the lower bottom card. It's, it's the kickoff show feud, and you're kind of wondering, why did the hell... Why did the hell... Yeah, that's a new expression. Why did the hell did they bring Baron Corbin up? To have a kickoff type of feud. Yeah, of course, it gives it... Not everybody's destined to be a main event of a pay-per-view. Not everybody's destined to be a champion. But not everybody as well is destined to be in the bottom of things. Like, well, Baron Corbin's been kind of slotted. And yeah, he's going to go over Dolph Ziggler. He has to. Otherwise, why would it even be? And you do a no-DQ match on the kickoff. You, I don't know. I kind of I disregard the kickoff a lot of times. I don't necessarily watch the kickoff all the times. It's long enough to watch a pay-per-view as it is. If you want to add that hour-long kickoff show that's available on the WWE Network before, 
gets repetitive. It gets a long-winded as a show. But you'll get Baron Corbin versus Dolph Ziggler and maybe even Becky Lynch, Dana Brooke. If that match is added to the pay-per-view, it might be slotted in the kickoff show or somewhere on the actual pay-per-view card or maybe even Monday. Where on Memorial Day, that's where Cena comes back. But all right, another match that hasn't been announced yet to the pay-per-view, but you can, if you read between the lines, Gallows and Anderson, the club versus the Husos, the Brotherhood, no, the Bloodline. I hope they don't form a flaction and actually call themselves the Bloodline. So cheesy, so like 2004. Like, oh, we're the bloodline. Yeah. <laughs> Blood's thicker than water. And our blood is thicker than you. <laughs> your blood seems like it's thicker than your brains, dumbass. I really don't like when they say bloodlines. Oh, we're the bloodlines. Really gets on my nerve. As you can probably tell. But the club, even the club. It's the bullet club or find a way to say something. Just don't forget the beginning and just say the club. I know it's been mentioned on every other pod, uh, wrestling shows and podcasts on Wrestling Observer and, and on BGW Torch as well. But the club, it's the thing you used to lock your steering wheel with in the 90s. Or what you hit somebody on the head with, a club. It feels weird to call a group a club the way they do it. The club. Oh, the club is back together. Oh, the club. Find an alternative. But I guess it's they don't want to name it now because it's going to be named eventually. Spoilers alert. Eventually, it's probably going to be called the Balor Club when Finn Balor makes his way to the main roster or the Bulletproof Club or something. But what's interesting to me, the, the teases in NXT of that faction coming in the future are there and have been there for months. The Balor Club Titantron for Finn Balor. Balor Club shirts. And recently, on the Titantron, the beginning of that video montage for Finn Balor when he walks down the aisle has changed a little. There's a couple of words that were added to that Titantron. You see Balor Club, yes, with the design and the colors of white and black. But you see, like, flashing on top of it and disappearing and like in a, a weird camera effect type of video, the word bulletproof. So bulletproof club, the Ballard club, the Ballard club, they're bulletproof. I don't know. It's weird names and words floating around the idea of a reformation of a bullet club, but in WWE and the Ballard bullet. Similar enough, it fits. It fits the, the chant purpose and all that. And... The bulletproof would go with the same type of idea of the bullet club. So those words are not coming out of people's mouth and appearing on Titantrons for no reason. That being said, that match is not official 100% yet. But uh, if you read between the lines, you might see that match. Let's go with the official matches that have been announced for Extreme Rules so far. We have... Uh, and the first ever in WWE, because if you go back to the late WCW era of about 2000, I think it was 2000, actually, you had a big Papa Pump with an asylum type of match. But it was a different type of match. I think it was just a like a type of different type of cage. I can't remember what it was. I just know that big Papa Pump had an asylum match. This being said, this is a first ever asylum match. It was basically it's a black cage type of match with on top of the cage a plethora of weapons hanged uh, including Mitch to the plant uh, a straight jacket a four by two by four with barbed wire wrapped around it you had as well an ironing board you had uh, a fire extinguisher a pail 
that's probably full of tax if I can venture a guess or a bet I would maybe think that that pill that's on top of it is filled with probably tax it would make sense okay so there's a lot of gimmicks on top of that cage so it's not just a cage match and you don't win by coming out if we understand the promo that Dean Ambrose did do on Monday on the go home show for this special event on the network Dean Ambrose was making a promo uh, with in the background some silly type of asylum music is the best way I would describe it. It felt like violin-y with a very aggressive type of piano mixed together. Like, eh, eh, eh. A little bit of psycho mixed with uh, other type of notes, but it wasn't the same note and the same octave as the psycho uh, shower stabbing <laughs> music, you know what I'm talking about. It was different, but it was in the same vein. and It was to give the same type of aspect to that promo of Dean Ambrose. Oh, look, he's on the hinge. He's so fringy. He's on that fringe. Oh, Oh, he's talking with the music in the background. He's so scary. That, that was the point of that music. But what it gave is gave a big challenge to Dean Ambrose to be able to cut that promo and for us to understand what he meant by the asylum match. He said, there's no escaping. There's no leaving. That's not how an asylum match finishes. It needs to be a winner. So I guess it's a pen or submission type of match. But uh, that would be interesting. It's not every pay-per-viewer even every year that we get to see a debut of a new quote-unquote gimmick type of match yes it's a mix-up of it's a mix match or a matchup a mashup of different type of gimmick match to make an asylum match i do agree with you but it's better than the alternative of just it's an evolution to the character you, you had the uh, the ambrose asylum the segment it got canceled, uh, according to Stephanie McMahon. Well, word, it, it was canceled by, by Stephanie McMahon. But that Asylum match, I know I'm kayfabe, I know. But Asylum match, you know, at least it's different. It's something different. It's not just a regular. I really did wish that the cage they would use would have been maybe the old blue steel bar type of cage, maybe painted in black. That would have been awesome to see. A real throwback to the old cage matches. But uh, yeah, so in that match, what do I do expect to happen? That Jericho Ambrose, he would have been hamped up. And it, it's kind of serious and silly at the same time. Both uh, Ambrose and Jericho are trying to do the best with what they have. They're trying to give this feud some r- realism by trying to portray it like a James Derrick on SmackDown. Like, hey, people are laughing. It's not funny. I hit Dean Ambrose on the head with a blunt object, put him in the hospital, and you think it's funny because of Mitch and you're just talking about Mitch the plant? Shut up, you stupid idiot. Stupid idiot. Shut up. Shut up, you stupid idiot. $15,000. You know, the whole jacket thing, breaking the jacket, $15,000. I'm a multimillionaire, but still give me $15,000. You know, I do love... Chris Jericho's new character of being over over the edge, angry, and always using the same, shut up, you stupid idiot, stupid idiot, shut up, shut up. But the more he says it, the more it has credence. It's the type of gimmick that can be seen as silly if it's not portrayed or just kept up and just go with it. You have to commit. Once you commit with that type of gimmick and you can try to portray it realistically, you can do it. And Chris Jericho has been really one of the top heels right now in the company with Kevin Owens because they're not going for cheers. When people are starting to cheer and like their gimmick, they're going out of it. They're making sure that they get the, the crowd against them because they're true heels. And true heels are necessary to make your true baby face shine. Dean Ambrose is slotted as a true baby face. And against a truly heel Chris Jericho, 
Dean Ambrose will be able to get that true babyface feeling. But for that, he needs an antagonist. For that, he needs an enemy. For that, he needs a villain. For that, he needs a jackass. And Chris Jericho has been playing the jackass type of role of always saying, stupid idiot, you stupid idiot. I'm the best in the world at what I do. Do you understand what I'm saying to you right now? Exactly. Still doing it in a condescending type of way. Because I am the best at what I do. Do you understand what I'm saying to you right now? Exactly. So, that character that Chris Jericho has been hamped up. And it's not a... It's a reimagination of the character that he did do the save us. You're the, the savior in 0908. In that area. It, years... Wait till you get to my age, people. Years just start to blend to blend together. So do I remember if it's 2009, 8, that Chris Jericho started to do the Save Us and being uh, the best in the world and all that? No, I don't remember if it's the exact year of 8 or 9. But you do get the, you do get what I mean. And it's a, a, that character pushed to the extreme in a more condescending, but more energized. Like he's not like calm and he's actually losing his mind and uh, it makes for good segments and doing the best with kind of weird gimmicky, funny, comedic type of situations, they were able to do the best of it. Well, did they come off perfectly all the time? No, but they did do the best. And characters like Ambrose and Jericho, I'm expecting them to do have a great match, very different than the rest of the match on that card. And when you have basically almost all gimmick matches on your pay-per-view, you need to find a way to make those matches stand out from each other. You need to find a way to make those matches differently between each other because otherwise, it all looks the same. It all blends in. And uh, that Asylum match and a cage match and an extreme match. And if you get more than one match with kendo sticks, there's something wrong. You should have one match with kendo sticks, one match with chairs, one match is focused on another part of it with the cage. And the with the cage, you just use the freaking gimmicks on top now that you have, you know. But it have to be different to make the whole pay-per-view feel as a whole complete but individual parts are not as the same as the whole because usually what we do see in WWE well last few months has been different but before Mania this year we had every match was like a microcosm of the whole company itself which is yes it's fractal well one part of the whole thing is exactly is the same as the whole WWE is not meant to be fractal all right people for all the nerds out there it's not a fractal Booking, you need to, every match individually needs to be able to stand on their own and not represent what the whole company does, but every match you need to represent what those two characters involved do. Once they focus on this individually for matches, every each match on that card will look different because every person should be different and nobody should wrestle the same. It should, because everybody's different, everybody should be different, you know. So, when that being said, when you have a card full of gimmicks, you need to be able to make each gimmicks different. And that Asylum match, which probably will start the show, but it's a, a weird order. We don't actually know until we see the show, but this is the uh, touted or the, the, the predicted order of the show. Probably the Dean Ambrose and Chris Jericho match. All right, we'll switch with one of the only... There, there's there's actually, when you look at it, there's two non-gimmicks match on the actual pay-per-view right now. Maybe a third if Dana Brooke and Becky Lynch joins this main card. I remind you, lines are open. You can give us a call, 802-375-7445 to talk about 
your predictions for Extreme Rules 2016. Kalisto versus Rusev for the United States Championship. Now, if you go to WWE.com over the last few days, I've been talking about Kalisto. He's injured. He's going into the Rusev match, hindered by his health status, and probably not going to be able to, to have the type of performances he did have against Ryback, you know, formerly of the WWE. We don't know. He's been taken off TV, by the way. We don't know what's going to happen with Ryback. And uh, quite frankly, who gives a fuck? Uh, Kalisto and Rusev. I do expect Rusev to go over Kalisto. They've been trying to put Rusev back in the time machine that the New Day did on Monday to go back to 2014 when he had that great run with Lana when it was almost for a year unbeaten and he had that WWE United States Championship which eventually led to a loss to him to Cena at Mania and Mania, I think it was maybe before Mania anyways, Cena winning that title and going on a great run after WrestleMania 31 to give credence to that championship. Seems like long time ago, but uh, when you see Rusev back with Lana, back with the, maybe they don't, we're not going to push a Russian thing, we're going to push a Bulgarian thing, who cares, but he's probably going to win the, the United States Championship, because Kalisto has not been used properly with that championship over the last few days, uh, well, weeks, he has been before, you remember after that, selected the soul off that ladder at Mania, uh, was it Mania, oh, it, just blurs. it just blends all together. Don't even remember, I don't even remember what I had for supper. Are you going to say because you didn't have supper yet? I was like, fine, I didn't have dinner, so that's why I don't remember what I ate. But you get the idea. Kalisto, Rusev. Rusev should go over because Kalisto's... Are they going to break him with the Lucha Dragons, keep him together? It's just a weird situation. And that U.S. Championship really has taken a step to the back burner and been forgotten with being on Kalisto, and it's the, the self-fulfilling prophecy of, uh, look, he doesn't draw, but you don't you don't hype him, and you don't make him draw, so of course he's not going to draw. Who draws anyways nowadays? Nobody draws. It's the three letters draw people now. But Rusev, my prediction, goes over. Goes to the WWE Tag Team Championship match. The New Day. Do rock, by the way, yes. And they're going to fight the Vaudevillians. Vaudevillians, a team from a bygone era, representing the idea or the beginning of this sport. And if you don't know, if it's the first time you listen to this show or you're just new to the product, new to wrestling itself, and you're wondering how did this bizarre of sports slash entertainment begin in this planet on this planet what's the idea behind it uh, what's what's the whole like story of how it began we'll do a small aparte here and i'll explain to you why and how with a couple of good names that you need to remember of how this sport got its introduction to the world and then you might be able to understand what type of gimmicks the vaudevillains do have Let's start there. Back in the 1800s, late 1890s, 80s, 90s, well, there was such a thing as strong wrestling matches, uh, like wrestlers, or strongmans. And there was such a thing as, like, the best in the world. And you wanted to be the best as wrestling, pinning your shoulders to the other, to the mat. One, two, three. And you had a couple, you had the greatest champion ever, who hasn't been beaten in forever, 
who was all undefeated, was George Hackenschmidt. I think it was from Germany or from the other side of the pond. I never said this story was going to be 100% accurate. I said it's a, it's a quick story, all right? So, so, so just bear with me. So George Hackenschmidt was the best and was a world champion. Uh, won that belt and never was pinned for it, never lost for it. And eventually, a, a young man who became uh, very strong and very known, and you'll understand everything right now, of the name of Frank Gotch, became known and prominent in the world of wrestling, in the world of strongmen, the world of who's the best in the world at what they do. And what they used to do is literally trying to pin you for real. Shoulders to the mat, the one, two, three. Literally, the professional wrestling sport of it. Like amateur wrestling dialed up to a T in a professional environment. Where hundreds of thousands of people would watch a match between Frank Gosh and George Hackenschmidt at the Madison Square Garden in like 19-0s, whatever. Might be pulling this out of my ass, but I'm pretty sure it was a ma- It happened on fairgrounds a lot of times, and a lot of times it would gather many, many, many thousands of people to watch match, and eventually Frank Gotch beat George Hackenschmidt. Uh, but then they realized, and they were doing the round, and they were trying to show up, and they realized that yeah, people come in, and we could actually make a better show if we talk to each other before, and be like, okay, you're going to win, and we're going to do this like this and like this. We actually can put on a better show, and we wouldn't have to hurt each other as much, and that way we can just bring this, they were already on the road, they were already example, that George, that Frank Gotch-George Hackenschmidt match happened hundreds of times all across the different cities, and we used to travel, and I might be mistaken on the names, but you get the idea, it was a traveling, then it became like a traveling circus type of way, of vaudeville, that's why the vaudevillains, vaudeville of vaudevillains come from the vaudeville, uh, the burlesque, the burlesque show, they used to, the P.T. Barnum type of stuff, would travel from city to city, to uh, from from village to village, or set up shop, say they're a week, move on, or set up a day, move on, whatever. The carnies back in the late 1800s, early 1900s. So when the you had the strong man or wrestling included in the carny shows, they used to wrestle each other all the time, and it became very tough on the body, very tough on the the athletes on on the, on the Frank Gotch of this world, and they realized that yeah, we could probably put on a better show that would be more entertaining. And uh, safer for us if we just talk to each other before. Like, okay, this time you're going to win. Next city, you're, you're, I'm going to win. We're going to do this this like this here. And trying to make it look like it hurts, but like an arm bar. If you f- don't sink it in 100%, it still looks the same as if you sink it in 90%. But the pain is 100% different. So that's the idea. That's the beginning of this match. And as well, in the vaudeville, you had uh, what's called, you had a, a hooker. You always had a like a challenge, an open challenge. There was always a guy. Right, the way it worked. This is another part of this. Like all those stories, all happened at the same time, but individually. But altogether, it created this very weird sport that we love to watch called pro fucking wrestling. But it started in a weird way. So you had those traveling circuses, traveling entertainment, whatever you want to call them. Traveling, let's just call him the traveling circuit, you know, uh, the the vaudeville. So you had the strongman. You had the guy who was a champion there and would go in the ring and would say, I would give a thousand dollars to anybody out here who can come in the ring and pin me for the one, two, three. Of course, it never happened. But once in a while, 
once in a blue moon, maybe in that city or that town or that village, they had a strong guy that was really strong or a, a hooker or a guy who knew what he was doing that would actually beat that champion. That's why every carnival that's worthy of that name had what's called a hooker. No, we're not talking about skimpy clad, dressly, skimpy dress, whatever that expression is, women. No, we're talking about an actual hooker like Luthez once was. So if your 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 champion loses to the no-name guy, you're like, oh, well, guy, you know, you just won, but you have to face him right away. And this guy was no, new tricks. He was the heel. He knew how to do it. He will heel hook you. He would do illegal things that you were not going to do because you didn't know. And he was going to beat you. And the carnival would remain the champion and they wouldn't have to pay the guy. Because it was all a work. It was all, quote-unquote, a scam. People... And that's the same thing. At the beginning of the beginning, uh, the beginning of this story, uh, the history of this sport, they really didn't want to be, to tell people that it was predetermined or it was choreographed because it was well. They need to think it's real. We need to to portray this worked fight as real as possible, so people would part with their hard hard money. People would part with their hard earned money. You know, put 18-inch wide butt in his seat and watch that product. For that to happen, they thought that, well, they can't know that it's fake. They have to think it's real. So when they think it's real, they're going to pay money. Oh, he's really going to beat him. He's really going to fight him. And that's going to be what it's all about. Yeah. So so that's the gist of it. That's in a 50-year-old story, like a, a story that's in the span of 50 years, told in about five minutes with a lot of details missed and probably a lot of of uh, errors of, or and omissions. But you get the gist of it. So, so that's the idea behind the Valfeelings. They represent that era, that they're all about raising the dukes, hit him hard, put him on the mat, hook him up like a hooker, and bet him for the one, two, three, any way possible. Winning is the goal, not looking good. So that's why the Valfeelings... Represent, and that's like the, the gist of their gimmick or their character. So that's where the vaudeville come from, and that's where the villains come from. So go back to the new day in the vaudeville and that WWE Tag Team Championship match. What I do think is going to happen, I don't know. It's a very good question. Between the new day, which is the hottest thing, but I think it's about to jump the shark, very close to it. But the new day versus the vaudevillains. Vaudevillains could win that championship to prolong that, maybe that feud, and move the Vaudevillains back to uh, rumors backstage is Enzo's about to come back already. That's very good news because, wow, it was so scary at payback three weeks ago to see, well, three and a half weeks ago when you saw Enzo Amore hit the ring really hard. Then being knocked out and hasn't been seen since on TV outside of the picture of him being Enzo outside of the airport, uh, the, uh, the hospital. That being said, New Day could win and it could set up uh, whatever, or the Vaudevillains win and then Big Cass and Enzo come out or whatever on Monday to challenge the Vaudevillains or something. That could be possible. And the fact that the Vaudevillains laid out the New Day pretty hard on Monday doesn't mean shit. We still don't know what's going to happen on Sunday. So that's another possibility. That's very, very possible. Now, Moving on to the fatal four-way intercontinental championship match. 
probably the best build match in a long time. The owens Sami Zayn feud. I love how they build. They are building it and it's going on. I love how it's the background story. Sometimes that background story is going to come to the forefront and they're going to be against each other. But for for a long time, because this feud is going to be etched, not in months in this company, but in years. This feud is going to last for years because it's going to be what's called a constant feud. I don't know if such thing exists, but that's what I'm calling it, and that's what we're going to go with. So, that constant feud between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they always hate each other. And yeah, if they don't have to fight each other, it's fine. But they're always going to find a reason to fight each other. They're always going to be linked together, having gone through the heb and flows, high and lows of development of professional wrestling from the the IWS, from the International Wrestling Syndicate, right here in my hometown of Montreal, up to Ring of Honor, by the way, from Japan. Japan, Mexico, Germany, Generico and Steam have become Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. But the feud, the story, the emotion, the feeling, the the realism and the reality will remain for a long time between those two. And that's amazing because you can do a feud like this where... It's not just the two of them, it's four of them. But once they get to fight each other, it's so much bigger than all they're pulled apart and we're waiting for the actual mass and they're going to steal eventually at WrestleMania next year or two or three years down the road. That's what I get out of this feud. It's that type of energy. It's that type of constant feud between the two that sometimes there are going to be other people in the story. Sometimes it's going to be for a championship. Sometimes it won't. It might even be for the World Heavyweight Championship at some point down the road between Owens and Zayn. And that really excites me a lot. That's because that's just because they're from Montreal. But it excites me a lot because it's guys that deserve. It's guys that knew how to get over somewhere else. And once once they came to the WWE, well, guess what? They got over. So that fatal four-way, I do expect a title change. I think the way they give that title to Miz, the way that he kept in since Mania... Uh, the fact, well, no, the, the Monday after. On uh, Mania, if you remember, it was uh, Kevin Owens had the, the title up until Mania. It was a uh, ladder match that Zack Ryder won. And on the next night, he lost that title to The Miz. Since then, The Miz have been champion, joined by his wife, Marise, which is from from the Quebec as well. So you, in that feud, you have Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Marise, all from Quebec. And to be honest, that led to one funny moment on Raw where The Miz was on commentary uh, actually, Kevin Owens won the commentary, and you had the Miz and Maurice close by, and eventually Maurice was doing something, and he was talking to Maurice, and he just started talking to her in French, like, yeah, yeah, you know you're going to do this, right? And that's in French, yeah, I do this, continue to do this, yeah, yeah, you know, that's all you can know what to do. He was kind of making fun of her, how she was a bad wrestler, compared to the wrestlers of today, but it wasn't never a strong suit, she was a diva back in when it was called a diva, but more in a diva's division that was not based on talent, well, that's the wrong word. It was in a time where the Divas division was not based on wrestling acuity. It was more built on what you look like. Now, Marise is probably the best valet out there right now for the Miz. The way she can just portray her role dialed up to 20. Same as the Miz. Works perfectly. Kevin Owens is our Sami Zayn. What do I do expect in this fatal four-way match to happen? I do expect Owens and Sami Zayn to have a couple spots together. 
Uh, in the build-up to this feud, Owens, Zayn, and Miz have been really portrayed highly, talked about a lot. Cesaro has been maybe forgotten a little bit. And the way he has a new James Bond type of a character with his, well, his interest is literally a rip-off of James Bond, and then he literally rips off his suit and have that Cesaro section chart. Uh, it's kind of a new look, kind of a new push, kind of an, a new reset button type of on Cesaro. And the fact that he's been forgotten a little bit before that fatal four-way match tells me there's a very good chance that Cesaro uh, wins at the Intercontinental Championship before in front of Owen Zane in the Miz. Because you would have Owens and Zayn continue their feud coming out of this or moving on to the higher title picture. You would have Cesaro, Cesaro a great, great champion for the Intercontinental Championship, truly being able to speak, what, 28 different languages, being able to represent the Intercontinental part of this championship. And that's the one thing that's been forgotten in this in this title is what's what's it based on? What's the name come from? What's the history of it? Not of all the people that wore it, but... You're the champion of all the continents interconnected, you know? So that aspect of it, I think Cesaro could be a good way to to build that feud. And there used to be a time where you judged uh, titles, belts, championships, were ranked from, if it's world, the, the highest of the, uh, the highest of the, what's the exam? Like, it cannot be bigger than the world. You know, the world is a planet, so, like, it's a world champion. If you go to country, then it's, you know, it goes to world, to continent, to country, then to province, then to city. If it's a city championship, it's a small, not, a, not really important belt. The more it's bigger, and when it's intercontinental, it's supposed to be the second biggest. And I think Cesaro, maybe with eventually a Shinsuke Nakamura intercontinental championship, it has to happen. A, a name synonymous with the intercontinental IWGP championship has to win the ICWWE Championship. Uh, this is almost a guarantee. Now, okay, let's make a bet right now. We're talking to each other. It's Friday, 1.38 a.m. It's now May 21st, okay? Right now, I'm betting that before May 21st, 2017, Shitsuke Nakamura, Shitsuke Nakamura, the king of strong style, will be the Intercontinental Champion. And he will win it either versus Cesaro or a Sami Zayn. And that's my prediction. Take it for what it's worth. But hey, you never know. And it really does seem fitting. And if they want to hype up or more prop up that championship belt before Nakamura goes after it, Cesaro is the type of champion that can do that. Hold it for like six months and beat almost everybody but the actual WWE Championship for it. And that would raise the stake of this belt. You know, they tried to raise the stake of both belts last year. They were successful with the U.S. Championship belt up until now. Last two months have been really detrimental in the in the value of this belt. But if they do what, they're, what I think they're going to do with the IC title, give it to Cesaro. Cesaro holds it for six months, beating everybody except the top, 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 top guys, if not only one guy, then that championship means something. Moving on to another championship match. And by the way, this one is a fatal four-way. So it's going to be refreshing. No gimmick. And it's not just a solo match. It's a fatal four-way match. So they actually tried to put different type of matches for this pay-per-view card that do feel different from each other. You have like an asylum match. 
Texas Tornado match maybe between Gallows and Anderson and the Huzos. Uh, tag team champion is a straight up tag team match, a fatal four way match. The next one for the WWE Women's No More Diva. Feels good to say a women's championship submission match between Charlotte, Flair, and Natalia. Not Hart, no, it's Nightheart. Yeah, no, she's not actually a heart. Well, she's kind of technically. Fine, all right, fine. Brett's her uncle. All right, so there you go. The stipulation in this match is not just a submission match. There's another step. Ric Flair. Him himself. The man himself. Is banned from ringside. Not only is he banned from ringside. If he comes down and shows up at any part of the match and trying to interfere in the match, automatically, Charlotte is stripped and will have to forfeit the Women's Championship belt. Submission match. Natalia, the master of the sharpshooter, was thought by Stu Hart himself in the dungeon how to apply and cross the legs and apply the pressure of... The sharpshooter, Charlotte, the queen of the Queen City. Born and raised in Greensboro, North Carolina. Woo! She mastered the figure four at 10 years old. Then, not being satisfied with it, decided to bring the evolution of a move to the figure four. What's better than four? Eight. The figure eight has been born. And Charlotte is now not only the master of the figure eight, but she's the inventor of the figure eight. And she will put that submission on Natalia and make Natty go tap, tap. Charlotte retains the women's championship belt. This brings us to an actually anticipated Roman's Reigns match. I haven't said those three words following each other ever, I do believe. Anticipated, followed by Roman, followed by Reigns. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, exactly. I am kind of feeling anticipation for this match. Roman Reigns. Boo. I know. I know. But AJ, man, it's AJ Styles. And of course, you're going to see probably interference or an angle or maybe nothing and maybe he's going to be pushed back to another pay-per-view. But the rumor of the Bulletproof Balor Club rejoining Finn Balor coming in or just Doug Gallows and Anderson, you know, let's just brainstorm a little. Let's go back to exactly 20 years ago, almost to the day. Almost to the day. I think we're actually past the day. But uh, a certain Scott Hall showed up at Nitro and all that. Whatever that meant. They created it in the NWO angle, you know. Let's take the gist of this angle and put it here. The third man aspect of it. What if now you got the club, all right? You got the 
Gallows and Anderson probably going to be or appearing in the corner of AJ Styles to get his back. But he's going to be so respectful of Roman Reigns and not going to be able to take advantage of a man when he's down. Or they're gonna they're going to like destroy Roman Reigns and he's going to be like, I'm not taking advantage of this. I want to do it on my own. He's going to wait and they're going to be like, Dude, we did all the work for you. We let it all open for you. It was easy. You just take it. But you didn't have the guts, or you lost your edge, AJ. You lost that instinct you lost that eye of the tiger and they turn on him that's very possible do they align with roman probably not but then they go on talk about a third man and eventually finn balor shows up man you think it's to save people but he turns and he's the third man he's the third man is he the third man Maybe they go that way with the bulletproof Balor Bullet Club angle formation, whatever. Or maybe we're just way off. I don't know. But there's something about to happen. There's for sure something that's going to happen in this match. Or we have a straight up Roman Reigns, AJ Styles, and Roman Reigns beats AJ. I don't think so, because if you go back to the last pay-per-view, match was great. Well, kind of great. Weird finishes, but with the Steph and Shane interruption twice of this match and finally bringing to this extreme rules match we'll see extreme rules feels like a blow off of a feud usually but this feud has done well way more than expected and aj styles is truly become almost a untouchable character for for the main roster he's one of the most over guys he, his credibility has now been established he has won decent matches now. He did lose before and lost at Mania to Jericho and all that. But now that Roman Reigns feud really rehabilitated AJ Styles' character. He really does feel like a main eventer. He really does feel like a top guy right now in the WWE. And in a way, you kind of have to say thanks to Roman to that. Roman Reigns made AJ Styles look better. It's not just that. It's more complicated than that statement, I know. That statement isn't false in itself. So uh, AJ Styles still one of the biggest babyface right now. It's weird because Styles a babyface, Gallows and Anderson are heels, and on the other side you got the Husos are babyface. But the fact that they're uh, allied with Roman Reigns make them like undesirable. It makes Roman Reigns, well, Roman Reigns getting the fuck a boot out of them every night. House shows he's getting cheered more, but more and more he's getting booed. Big time, but it's not like a boo. I don't. I. I it's like it's not boo. I. I. I hate you, but secretly down deep inside, and I don't want to admit to myself I love you. Boo. No, it's a boo. Get off my TV. Boo. Go back. Take your shower. Boo. Why are you so wet? Boo. Why are you wearing a flag jacket? Aren't you supposed to be a tough guy? No, I'm wearing protection all the time because I ain't so tough. Exactly. You're supposed to be chiseled. You're supposed to be all that. But why do you hide all that, Roman? What's to hide? What's not to show? Exactly. Roman, change your look. You might have a different response from people. What's the... Lehman's, I know, but what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over, over, over again and always expecting a different result. Where if you're doing always the same thing and you don't have the result that you want, 
Maybe you shouldn't be doing always the same thing and maybe then you'll get the result that you want. He's not coming through the crowd anymore, which is all well and good. But maybe, and just maybe, probably, yes, for sure, he's just changed his look. Come out, flat top shaved, clean faced, uh, no shirt, and a nice either trunk, something decent, like not shorts, not trunks, something looks good. Make yourself look cool, actually, not... Not feel cool and you tell your people you're cool so people think need to think you're cool. Actually, be yourself. Dude, when you're not trying to be someone and you just be, it's a lot more, a lot easier. And when you're not trying, you're not bad at all. But when you're talking and when you're shaking your fist, when you're hitting the mat, when you're trying to cock your fist, when you're doing shit that are not what you would do when you wake up in the morning in real life, much as you want to try to be a good actor, you're not going to pull it off. And as much as I've given you a chance, every time I fucking look at you, Roman, something off. There's something weird. You're not being yourself when you shake your head on the side of the ring. Oh, I'm angry. Oh, really? Really? I'm being the Miz. Come on, Roman. No. You want to be a jerk? Well, be a jerk. But be like, authentic be yourself stop trying to portray a character that you think you are when you think you're all that guess what i have a newsflash for you if you think you are no no you already got it wrong if you were you would know already and if you're asking yourself the question you ain't that cool Lines are open. What's your prediction for Sunday's WWE special event on the network? 802-375-7445. Let's talk about the possible feud coming out of it. Let's go back to our predictions. Predictions on Down the Aisle Radio for the WWE Extreme Rules 2016 main card. Ambrose Jericho. Ambrose goes over. Kalisto Rusev. Rusev goes over, probably with the help of Lana or something. This has been, uh, my prediction has been based on the fact that they're really hyping a Kalisto injury. That are saying he's gonna, he's not gonna be able to perform to 100% of his standards. So that's why Kalisto is losing to Rusev. So we got Ambrose, we got Rusev. The New Day versus the VOD Villains. Hey, what's expected? The New Day is hot. We're all expecting the New Day to keep it. I think it's time. I think now would be the time to, to switch the title. I think you would do, you, you would do, you do the wood. Ooh, I do, I do. You would get heat on the VOD Villains by switching the title at that pay-per-view because nobody's expecting it. And New Day so hot. They're the hottest thing in wrestling. Well, WWE at least. With their gimmicks of the New Day Rock. So, I think it's time. And I think we'd probably prolong that feud. And there's not necessarily until Cass and Enzo are back in the thick of things. There's no clear-cut challenger right now. So, the Vault Villains winning it, make New Day a challenger, makes the new side of that story. Miz, Kevin Owens, Cesaro, Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental Championship. Cesaro pins the Miz. Both Owens and Zayn are protected. Cesaro... Wins the belts, belt, there's only one, and holds it 
for like a six-month period where he beats everybody, goes undefeated with that belt, and beats everybody but like Reigns, Ambrose, and like Styles. Everybody else, he goes over them to establish that belt. So when Nakamura wins it, it's almost as big as a World Heavyweight Championship win. Charlotte, Natalia, women's match. My prediction is Charlotte goes over Natalia with the figure eight. Charlotte will keep that belt for a long time or up until the boss makes her way back to the ring. The boss has been held off TV because they have nothing for her right now to want to diminish her character by being overexposed. Well, she's not exposed at all. So how do you want to overexpose something that's not even exposed? But right now, the boss, Sasha Banks, is not even exposed to any audience whatsoever. Make her forgotten. Wait, you see that pop when she comes back? Probably Monday. But Charlotte Natalia, Charlotte goes over. I do believe it's the blow-off of that feud because it's a championship submission match. Maybe, uh, I do think it's the beginning of the end for Charlotte and Rick Flair as her manager, her father. Move it on because eventually you want Charlotte to make it on her own. Don't necessarily want to have Ric Flair all the time with her and trying to not necessarily steal the spotlight, but uh, if Flair is going to flare and put two of them together, could be trouble. Not necessarily they're not going to agree, but you want Charlotte to bloom into her own and not to be hold down and hold back by her father, which he is probably going to do unconsciously. So Brings us to our main event, Roman Reigns versus A. J. Styles. What will we see? Reigns goes over to the shock of everyone. AJ Styles means beats Reigns clean. It could happen. It won't. It could. It might should. But it won't. Gallows and Anderson in, in to intervene in the match. It's an extreme rules match, so no DQ. Weapons are allowed. The only thing you need to be pinned in the ring. It's not a pin count falls anywhere. It's not a hardcore match, an Extreme Rules match. So, what do I expect to happen in this Extreme Rules match? Yeah, we're at this point of the Nia Radio where or we're giving our prediction for the main event. Exclusively on the Sports Podcasting Network, by the way, and SPN Radio, which you can find at uh, sportspodcastingnetwork.com slash SPN Radio for your live show and live component on the network. Next edition of Soccer Today, by the way, is a Wednesday noon Tomorrow night on SPN Radio Live at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, the MLS Post Game Show. And Sunday, 11.30 p.m., 8.30 Pacific, the WWE Extreme Rules 2016 Live After Show on SPN Radio with your open lines. You can call us, give us your thoughts on that pay-per-view on Sunday right after it's over, right after the, right after the, um, the overture of this show. Of the main event of the pay-per-view. Probably going to finish like at 11.15, 11.20. Depending on the angle. Ten minutes later, we're live on the air for you to give us your fresh thought on that pay-per-view. Now, Roman Reigns, AJ Styles. Okay, I'm diving in. Is the turn of Gallows and Anderson happens? In, does it happen in this match? Does AJ Styles just finds a way to beat Roman? But no, because if he's going to... No, so... Romans, so, so maybe they turn on AJ and they leave him Larry Lang and Roman Reigns wins there. Maybe, maybe that's the most possible, maybe that's the only way to get out of it. Because you want to keep AJ Styles strong. You don't necessarily want to beat AJ Styles clean. 
if it's going to be the end of the feud, you still want to keep him a little bit strong. You can pin him, and they might pin him because he's not their product. He's a product that they do have, but it didn't create him. So maybe Reigns goes over AJ, but maybe Gallows and Anderson finally turn on AJ Styles, leave him laying, no Finn Balor, well, that will come down the line just to turn the, the, the actual heel turn of Gallows and Anderson on AJ. They leave him laying. Roman's confused, don't know what to do, but he wants to keep his belt. And they become like allies and respect each other. And Roman Reigns beats AJ, but eventually they become like a tag team. And they go. So, so there's things that could happen with this feud. And I think it's. That was exactly what's going to happen. Gallows and... So here's my prediction. Gallows, Anderson, beats AJ in that match. Leave him laying. Roman pins AJ for the one, the two, the three. And still, to the disagreement of everybody, WWE World Heavyweight Champion, Roman Reigns. What do you think about my predictions? What do you think about uh, the network, about the show, about everything? Give us a follow on Twitter at DownTheAlPod, at Kev Laramie, at SportsPodNet. SportsPodNet, the account you need to follow to stay up to every single show. They're first and foremost posted before everywhere else on Twitter. So at SportsPodNet, that's S-P-O-R-T-S. P-O-D-N-E-T. And of course, on Facebook as well. That's facebook.com slash sports podcasting network. Give us a like. Stay in the know for all the new shows, for all the live shows, live shows announcement. You can actually listen to the live shows on social media with the embedded YouTube link that I always tweet out about two minutes before we go live. So you don't even have to get out of your Twitter to listen to this show live just click play and listen to us as we are bringing you this show wherever you are and that's the mission statement of the sports podcast and network and SPN radio is to bring you high quality live and on demand sports radio wherever you are your phone your telephone you can call us if you want to listen your tablet your computer your 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 smartwatch your car with TuneIn Radio and Hard Radio, you can actually tune in to the Sports Podcast Network with your car, with your sync, with your Microsoft sync, with your Apple, whatever. We are available wherever you are for your listening pleasures. But most of all, we do thank you for listening. This has been Down the Hour Radio live on SPN Radio. I am Kevin Larame. And once again, if you like the live radio aspect of this show and would like to see more like to see more quality audio quality upgrade we did upgrade the whole setup a few weeks ago and are working diligently to upgrade everybody that's uh, involved with the network's audio quality as well new equipment new technology using a lot of new improvement we're in the actual physical building process of the studio located in laval so this will be done in about the end of june You'll see pictures of the studio once it's fully operational. But this has all been been made possible with your help. This show is listener-supported. With your help, we're always able to do more. And we have been for over a year now. Over a few, a few thousand dollars 
raised with your help we're able to upgrade computers upgrade audio equipment get myself to mexico city for the CONCACAF champions league last year we're able to do a lot with your contribution and if we want to do more well we do need more so with your help we can achieve more and that's patreon.com that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash sports podcasting network a dollar a month goes a long way you can subscribe and give us a dollar a month and be first of all you be as always a great human being but you would gladly and really help us out in a major big way with your help We're seeing the end of the road. We're seeing the vision being fulfilled 100%. We're seeing the masses. And we're almost touching them. With your help, we can reach them. My name is Kevin Laramie. Thanks for listening to Down the Owl Radio. Once again, Twitter, Down the Owl Pod, at Kev Laramie and not Sportsbot.net. Give us an email if you would like to join the network. If you are a podcaster out there, have a podcast show that you would like to hear on the network, you can submit your show to sportspodcastingnetwork at gmail.com. We will take a look. We'll make a little background check on you, see what it looks like, and you can join the team. And until then, until Sunday night for the WWE Extreme Rules after show, well... My name is Kevin Laramie, and I do wish you a great night. You were listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Visit us, sportspodcastingnetwork.com. <laughs>